0: Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive, with Andy and the White Whale.
1: Welcome to the Deep Dive. Well, Andy, golf was fun this weekend. How'd you do?
0: You know, my my stuff I posted was break-even, which is a huge blessing, a huge relief. Like, I had some angles that hit, I made some mistakes, so I was able to... I don't know like everybody everybody I talk golf with has just moved on like they're ready to just dive into this but I'm trying to run some of my stuff back and see why you know why I played things and if it was the right call and I think I can learn some things from last week cuz the track isn't too it's not too dissimilar the one we're heading to over in South Carolina so I think uh I think it's another good week brewing um somebody put me on burger live
1: yes our friend who's afraid yeah. of horses Huge yes. shout-out to him. That was a great call by him. Yeah.
0: So, again, I, I made some money on Burger Live, which I, at the end of the tournament, I was just saying, ah, it was fun having somebody in contention, but I guess we're giving this to Xander now, and, boy, there was some there was some wildness. It was, uh, as far as an entertainment standpoint, I'm glad it was a great tournament because, you know, it, with almost being the only thing in town, you have NASCAR, UFC, and this, it was great that uh, – the final round really came through. The leaderboard was stacked. People were draining 25-foot putts. People were lipping out five footers. Like everything you could ask for on a Sunday, you know, besides being some crazy major that Tiger wins like uh, last year. That was a lot of fun too. But real good. I'm excited golf back. No COVID scares or anything. Everybody made it out of Texas live, I guess, which is actually saying something right now. So Hopefully uh, hopefully we're cool and it just keeps spinning on and we just keep adding sports to this now that I'm a full-time NASCAR UFC golf better.
1: Yeah, right. Well, oh. uh, we got horses next week too. We got the Belmont Stakes on Saturday. Oh, yeah. So, it's, uh, yeah, this is, the sports are popping right now. And um, not just here in the U.S. where we are, you know, we can't seem to get our team sports together to save our lives, but... Um, you know but they figured it out in Europe Europe has managed this uh, this pandemic a hell of a lot better than you know most of the United States so hats off to them and uh, look at that we're gonna have soccer pretty much all across the continent which is exciting uh, so what do you think about talking to some soccer today I could
0: get down with that like How I said this, last week. Uh, day- I've been I live bet my tits off, I said the other day. <laughs> I've been taking it a little easier. I had a rough Friday. Friday was rough. It, but it's when you're when when you're live betting and everything's hitting, you're just like, I'm gonna quit my job and this is what I'm gonna do for my life because I've got a system and it's all figured out. It reminds me of I don't know which one it was, but there's a one of the it's probably all the Bukowski books. He he is always talking horse racing, and there's one excerpt from one where he's he's got a system for horses figured out and he's winning. And then just, you know, as things do at the horse track, it unravels, goes to shit. He loses all his money. And that's kind of what, that's what live betting soccer feels like. Like you're like, Oh man, I got this angle. It's only games in this criteria and I'm hitting it here and everything works. And, uh, then boom! All of a sudden, Friday comes along and nothing works out. You lose all money you made all week. What is it about Fridays? I don't know. Fridays in soccer, something isn't right. So, and apologies, okay. any Europeans listening, we're gonna call it fucking soccer.
1: Well, Bull- Bundesliga has been back for a couple weeks now. It's taught us a lot. Um, Premier League, EPL, popping this week. That's kind of exciting. La, La Liga is back. Um, Syria. Uh, comes back this is uh they're really uh they're going to give us some soccer this summer we would be watching euro uh cup right now which is one of my favorite international tournaments of the sports calendar uh sadly won't see that until 2021 um so we would be probably talking soccer to this pot anyway and we would probably be bringing on our buddy uh who has his finger on the pulse of all things european soccer um (laughs) makes a makes a heck of a lot of um Great points. Uh, yeah, this in, in is in the chats. There's, yeah, go ahead.
0: you know, you know, we bring up, we've brought up this point before. and It's something I had learned early on. You know, just you get into gambling Twitter, you see some people who are bigger names and stuff. And there's a lot. of – Some of the best betters in the world are people you've never heard of. Like they're not on. You know, you don't, you're not seeing them posting plays. They're not. Uh, they're kind of in the shadows, anonymously.
1: You know, this is is a high yeah. correlation. Yeah, There's this is
0: one of those cases. Yeah. Like, this guy isn't that good, but like, I'm just <laughs> saying that is a thing. So don't – because, yeah, Pete, Pete doesn't uh, always post everything.
1: Okay, well, uh, making his grand return to the deep dive after correctly calling France the World Cup
0: yes, you did champions
1: in last year's uh, Russia World Cup. Uh, welcome back to the deep dive. Mr. Pete at Hedge Longer. Friend of the pod, how are you doing tonight?
2: Good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me back.
1: Oh, we're great, man. Um, I've enjoyed your opinion on soccer for years and years and years. You're one of the uh, kind of the the most consistent I feel in terms of following what's going on across all the leagues in the uh, uh, in the European space. Do you basically just follow European soccer, or do you follow soccer around the world?
2: Um, I mean, it depends. Obviously, with uh, this pandemic that's been going on, you tend to start looking at leagues like, uh, you know, in, the, in Belarus and they weren't necessarily matches that you'd have circled for a Saturday or a Sunday, but uh, you take what you can get. But generally speaking, uh, you know, to the point that we could probably flesh out a little bit later, uh, a lot of these leagues are, are intertwined um, in, in some form or another. So, I, I try to pay attention to the top leagues across Europe. I like it. I like it. I like well, it. Um, to
0: be fair, our favorite league is the only league that's – hell, that's not 100% true, I guess, to Russia too. I just, our our favorite league is in two continents, to be to be truthful.
1: <laughs> Eurasia. Yeah. Eurasia. Sup- how do you pronounce it? Super League? Yeah, Super League. Super League, but it's spelled L I G. Super League, yeah. Just, got, it, got it. They're
0: much more efficient with letters over there. You don't need that many letters for League. L I G.
1: That works. League.
2: Yeah, That's League. it. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, how many? Yeah. I, sure. Just, just, just to get back to that. I think what was that? Three or four years ago, Andy, where the books just had these game totals way off. I mean, well,
0: in in Super League, yeah, they were. Like, yeah. it's like, well, the good, like, you know, it, there's a lot of mismatches. And, I mean, I mean, it's not like you don't have that in major leagues, too. You know, Syria, A, there's some pretty damn good teams every year that are going to be way at the top, and you're going to have some huge mismatches. But, man, it felt like every week there'd be these huge mismatches where a really shitty team was playing a good team, and they'd throw a total up and be like, man, that should be, like, the good team's team total. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. they're going to score that on their own. Maybe in the first half, and, and we, we picked out a bunch of those. They were fun because, and the flash score app was just lighting up in Turkey.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> Andy, on an average day, uh, how many messages do you send to Pete about soccer?
0: Uh, a lot of it's just cat memes <laughs> and stuff. I should win it <laughs> quite a bit. I mean, especially now because Turkey is back. We're pretty excited to get back into the Turkish league. I don't think we've lost a bet in Turkey this year. It's only been three or four, but one was a half push. One was a a three goals on an over 2.75. So it's not like a perfect record, but pretty damn close.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, Pete, uh, appreciate your time. Love to pick your brain here on what you've noticed uh, from the restart. And I guess, um, while soccer was on hiatus, uh, what were some of the key topics that uh, you kind of had going through your mind? Because, I mean, obviously, we, you know, we focus on the NFL here primarily, at least I do. Uh, Andy gets, uh, Andy's got uh, his, uh, his tip in a little bit of everything. Uh, but uh, I've mostly been kind of spending my time thinking about the impact of coronavirus on the NFL and what that means to certain aspects of the game. What was, uh, what went through your head uh, during the, uh, the break in terms of uh, meaningful angles relative to
2: soccer being on hiatus? I mean, first and foremost, as a Liverpool fan, uh, I was just hoping that they, they wouldn't end the season. Um, you know, the, the timing of when all of this hit was pretty inopportune. I mean, it's, you know, towards the tail end of the season, um, there's been a lot of teams, especially in the top five, uh, really run away. Uh, and it would just be a shame as Liverpool fans have a, an asterisk next to uh, next to your name for a truncated season. So
1: instead
2: they're going to get an asterisk. For uh,
1: uh, for something else.
2: No, they'll have a. They're gonna have a resume. Oh, okay. EPL's coming back. They're gonna finish the full, the full, uh, full, full
1: schedule gonna be finished for EPL then.
0: Yeah, yeah. some of these leagues to
1: like, August. Think, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow, I don't know. I felt like Liverpool was leaking a little oil when they stopped this. I feel like this is still an asterisk for them because. Uh, I don't know if they would have held on if they had just played out the rest of the duration of the season. They were uh, they were looking a
2: little shaky there at the end. You're out of your mind. I mean, I <laughs> I think I think mathematically it was pretty well sorted. Yeah.
0: Plus, and I I always make fun of uh, Pete. will call me out on something soccer wise, and I'll I'll refer back to some really stupid EPL futures he made, which I won't list any of the bad ones. But he, you do have one <laughs> sitting out there where it, it was all 38 of liverpool's matches it's hard to say this one none of liverpool's 38 matches can end in a 0-0 draw basically is the bet yeah and you got that at 7 to 1 like that that was probably mispriced like they just with the offense yep. they have like, that's just not going to happen. So I, th- I think that one's still alive. And I, like for that one bet, I hope that they finish out the season. Nothing, nothing uh, stops them from completing all thirty-eight games because I think that one's good and it'll help pay for some of those Everton top fours. I wasn't going to say anything.
2: they still, have a, they still have a chance.
0: <clears throat> yeah, the season's not over.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, EPL reign as the king of uh, European club soccer still in your mind.
2: I mean, I guess it's just considered to be the pinnacle. Uh, There's other leagues that are certainly more exciting. Um, But, you know, that's probably the most broadly syndicated form of European soccer. And for whatever reason, you know, they have probably uh, the most money to spend, uh, the biggest sponsors. I mean, it's where everybody wants to go play. So, I mean, yes, on paper, it's probably the best, but there's definitely been some decent soccer, uh, throughout Europe. And I won't take that away from, from any of the other leagues.
0: No, I'd I'd rather watch like Bundesliga two is better soccer. Like that's exciting soccer down there, but yeah, just like it, it is the top league. It's where everybody wants to go. It's kind of, I think Spain, Spain and England is kind of where you want to end up. And it's, it's hard to argue when all the best players are there. Like it's it's King and especially here in in the US where they have had is it NBC? I want to say it is where they have some other yeah, contracts where they show that and that's the thing too if like you're not into it it's it's worth getting into just because they do have that where you can watch you know you can watch a couple soccer matches on a Sunday morning leading up into football. like that's the best if you want to watch sports for like 19 hours on a Sunday, they, they have those early early morning matches. There is some Bundesliga on TV, too, I guess, but it's not like you can't watch anything you want on these streams you can find, but it's awful nice just to have it right on the TV, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, once everything's back in full swing, you can pretty much go, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning Eastern time to call it, you know, 7 o'clock at night. Just great. Uh-huh.
0: It's, and it's, it's a lot like how we talk about with tennis, too. Like, if you really do get into a whole shitload of these multiple, you know, lower leagues and other some of these other uh, countries that have, you know, every country has like two, three leagues as they go down the table or, you know, down the pyramid or whatever you want to call it. Shit. I mean, England has like 21 levels of it. If you go down to like the county <laughs> teams, which, when they have their big tournament, but, you know, there's. And you know, there's Asian leagues too. If you really want to watch soccer and live bet all day, you kind of can. Like there, there were days in on Flash Score where it's it says there's over a thousand soccer matches. Like that's that's true. Like that's, that's awesome. If you really want to get, oh, you know, it's a full menu. You you know, you can you can sit there and pick and choose. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say because I think a lot of people do badly because oh, it's like man, there's. You know, there's like ten NFL games. I gotta bet on one of these. Like I think with a bigger menu you kinda of pick and choose maybe some some angles that you can find instead mm-hmm. of forced into something. Which you're it's not like you're forced into it. It's that's you're doing that to yourself, but <laughs> at the same time, uh it, it's nice to it's nice to have the variety. So yeah. and we did you know, we did see I guess question for Pete here. Uh, something we saw right away. And I want to say it was an angle I'd heard from you and maybe somebody else had talked about it, but not every Bundesliga team, the the German top league was able to get back and do whatever you want to call it, like team activities. They weren't able to train, practice, get together as a squad at the same time. Certain teams were able to get back together earlier and you kind of saw some, some angles flesh themselves out, especially in the first week back where some of these teams just, you, you could tell like, well, they're not, they're not fully ready to be playing a game right now and they're getting the shit kicked out of them. So I don't know if you're going to see any of that in England or Syria. I mean, have you, have you looked into any of that yet?
2: Um, I mean, I've been following some of the teams that I like to watch. It looks like, at least in England, everybody's getting a fair opportunity to kind of get back up to, to match play. Um, you know, it's probably – I would say at the top levels, you know, I don't think that fitness it, – it, I think a lot of it has to do with kind of in-play tech technical skills and kind of team chemistry more so than just all-out athletic ability. Um mm-hmm. I saw a lot of people thinking, you know, these guys haven't played in a while. It, it, it's not like, in my opinion, they were just sitting on on the couch watching Netflix. Um, so I think to your point, you know, you're, you, you are going to see, just generally speaking, these guys haven't, you know, it's been a while. Uh, they're definitely training. I'd be surprised if, you know, at least in, in England, everybody wasn't getting a a fair run-up to their first match back. Um, It looks like the way that it's going to restart, you know, some of the top teams are playing earlier, giving a little bit of a break uh, to some of the, I guess, teams that are lower in the table. Uh, You know, the the big matchup between City and Arsenal uh, on Wednesday, which will be good. And um, I don't know. I haven't really seen anything to, to answer your question specifically. I haven't seen any news or information about what teams haven't started training yet. So I'm just working under the impression that everybody's been,
1: been out there practicing to some degree. And to the best of our knowledge, there's no EPL players who have tested positive and who are going to be out for 14 days or anything like that.
2: Not to my knowledge, no. No. no it's, a, it's an island, man. He's <clears throat>
1: control
2: they're close the, th- close the channel pretty slowly
1: yeah
0: oh so boris had boris had his ideas and hey, it was a uh, england actually kind of got hit pretty hard we yeah for sure a little off-air like it's you know you just kind of rely on the media to tell you the news but if you actually dig into this man there were some countries that didn't really get much shine that really got hit hard like i didn't realize how bad belgium was from a per capita they're, they're
2: there actually was somebody. Uh, that's my fault. Uh, there was a player on Norwich uh, who's not going to be available for the Southampton game on Friday. Mm, but Norwich is almost certainly being relegated anyway, right? I mean, the, <laughs> it, they had a fun run, uh, but yeah. I mean, and <laughs> so it, what's what's interesting is they're not naming the player.
1: Oh wow, huh, interesting. Uh, yeah. So I mean, what's the, them out. But, yeah right. Yeah, that's interesting. What uh, is it fair to to try to speculate on motivations of some of these teams who are on the bubble of the top five and who are on the bubble of um, um, of being relegated? Um, I'm. I mean, even even really a team like Liverpool and, and Man City. Uh, Liverpool, as, as you mentioned, I was being you know very facetious. They have 82 points. Like they are probably on the cusp of. Uh, you know, a record-setting number of, of you know, a record-setting season-long performance here. Um, Man City's in second with 57. Like that's absolutely ludicrous. Uh, is there a chance that either Liverpool or Man City tries to develop some players, experiments a little? Like, what is their motivation to come out and really, uh, you know, give it 100 you know out of the gate here and or potentially get guys injured?
2: I don't think – I mean, I don't know about development. You'll probably see – and you already have started to see with uh, the additional substitutes being permitted. Um, I think that was established as a precautionary measure to kind of ensure that the coach had options and that they didn't have to run their players into the ground, especially um, coming back after such a long hiatus. Uh, So you'll definitely see, I guess, some of the younger pups get some runs – um, but that being said, you know, they have a fan base. This will be the first time uh I mean, I think it would be i think that liverpool Liverpool's fans and Klopp would like to beat the points all right can they even do that for uh I think can that still the put up yeah.
0: I think it's still, I Shows, believe but, mathematically they can still, they can still have the, the best season as far as points. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I think there. there's some motivation there because there's no love loss between those two. And honestly, they're just such a good team. You want to win it. You want to win the trophy. You want to win it with style. You want to, you know, you don't want to go out there and half ass it and stay, you, you know, that's what you have your, Academy teams for like the the younger guys will get get plenty of action down low in the lower whatever under twenty academy team stuff and if someone's good enough they'll come up and play in the second half of some blowouts or you know a a match that's just well in hand and come in and you know I, I think maybe people don't realize that too that what was the what was the old the old rule for bench players and subs. Because now they've they've changed it. What there's nine bench players and you can sub five times. Um, the old the yep. old rules were fill in the blank. Uh,
2: so you, you had bench players. I I think it was three subs traditionally.
0: Yeah, that. So they went from yeah they went from three to five. There, you can, I guess, as far as maybe with some of the fitness concerns or if they're worried about running some guys in the ground when they're going to be forced to start. You know start the season pretty much after they end this one. That's probably a good rule. You hated it at first. I I think you maybe come around a little, but I don't mind that. I have not. No, have not come around. around. Never
2: mind. I I
0: (laughs) I the next season, like, right away after this, I'm fine with them having extra (laughs) extra subs. I mean, we saw someone in Spain absolutely bottle using the subs today and take a late draw, which – (sighs) yeah. Just because, because it happened been, doesn't
2: mean you have to use them. Correct. But he literally took everybody off the pitch in the Sevilla game, who could score. And then you're left with a draw. So that was ugly. those are I mean that's it was ugly. And that's kind of the risk that you're gonna see, I guess, from the angles that, that you guys will be looking at. Um, as far as when the restart comes back. So um, mm. not thrilled about it it does change the game materially. Yeah. Uh, I will say I've been keeping an eye on when the subs are going on and off and how frequently they're actually utilizing all five. And I'd say that, you know, it's typically more like four with the traditional three coming on around the 65, 70th minute mark, at least in the, the top, top leads. Um And then depending on extra time, you know, you might see one more person go in, but uh, I guess today might've been a bit of an anomaly, but yeah. they didn't have that option. I think that the game would have turned out a little bit differently. Hmm.
0: I think it can work both ways too. If you put out a, maybe um I'm trying to think of a lineup, you know, like a lineup like Munich put out the other day where they, right. you know, it was a weaker lineup. And I think with, with that many subs, it gives you a little more flexibility to, you know, if you really have to pull the Oh shit handle, like, Oh man, we're, we we expected to be able to run out there with a, a lesser lineup and now we're losing or we're drawing late and we can, we can absolutely just sub sub our dick off here and put everybody in and, you know, get the three points that we need. So I think, I think you have to look at matches like that a little differently when teams do rest some stars because they can, they can sub half the damn team late in the match and and get away. And maybe that's something you should be looking at when you are live betting. If a team does have to pull something like that late and just bring everybody in late. So uh, that's, you know, it's, it seems like a small change, but I think there are going to be weird instances like that where it turns out to be kind of important.
1: Hmm. What about a team like Man City though, who 57 points, they're clearly cemented in the top four. Like they're going to qualify for champions league next year. Like, I don't think there's any likelihood that they slide into the fifth, um, taking on a team like Arsenal who can claw their way into, uh, you know, some sort of bonus here. Uh, you mentioned those, that's one of the first, uh, first UPL matches back. Um, are we really expecting city to, you know, leave it all out on the field? in this Arsenal match, or is this the kind of match where they just let their players kind of get their legs under them? Like, is there a handicapping angle on that particular game? Uh, maybe a first half, uh, you know, a first half draw, first half 0-0, zero, zero, something that uh, uh, we can pick on uh, that
2: is, uh, you
1: know, that that has some merit?
2: Um, I mean, unless anything's changed with Arsenal materially during this break, probably not but this was probably not the best match to, to kind of find an angle uh, like that. You know, it's interesting, especially when Bundesliga started back up, um, you saw a lot of first-half unders, and I think, or scoreless, at least first half, uh, or at least, you know, the first 40 minutes or so with the late goal in the first half. And a lot of it, I think, was players just getting used to, to playing you know, match speed soccer again uh, and playing with each other. And that goes from, you know, the top of the table, you know, the Dortmunds, the the Bayerns, the, you know, all the way down to the, the Dusseldorfs of, of the table. Um, and then you really start to see play open up in the second half. So that is something to keep an eye on. Um, I, I think throughout the EPL as well, that will translate. But I just—I mean, the city squad is just—they're uh, too good, and might just Arsenal has just been constantly disappointing. So, unless Arsenal has a new coach and they got rid of a bunch <laughs> of players on the team, I yeah, I didn't see any of that news. So, okay. I'd expect a, a pretty well, what, big, pretty big blowout.
0: What if you turn that one on and Wenger comes out of the tunnel?
2: Yeah.
0: Winger in. <laughs>
1: Okay, so So is there there a prop market for no gold in the first 30 minutes? Oh, certainly. Andy, uh, what would you say of Bundesliga so far um, to this point? Uh, What percent of games have had higher scoring second halves than first halves?
0: Like all of them.
1: (laughs) Something like 80 or 90. That's yeah, what I would guess.
0: I, you know, anecdotally, I haven't paid attention to all of them. If, if I pass on a game, I don't really pay terrible attention until I'm looking back at it for the next one. But uh, no, it's, it seems like that's a that's a thing.
1: Mm, okay. And uh, Pete uh, scoring uh, generally a little on the uh, little on the decline in Bundesliga relative to what it was pre-COVID.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is situational but uh, for the most part I've kind of been, and this also kind of dovetails back into what I was just talking about uh, with respect to teams kind of finding their legs early on. Um, you know, you typically have a little bit of time to look for, you know, a place to jump in live. You might get a better price or a better total, um, which is certainly worth the wait versus taking a pre-match. Um, you know, I am a sucker for you know, the 90th minute goal, some pretty long odds, which has not been happening as often as it, as it used to, it seems. But, uh, you know, that might be selective memory on my part. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're still seeing some blowouts, but you're also seeing a lot of draws. Uh, you're seeing, you know, the, that Dortmund match was kind of surprising. The, the late goal, 1-0 uh, one, one win. And, uh, you know, that total was sort of like, I don't know, three and a half, four. Um, yeah. So just, you know, it's just something to be aware of.
1: Have you noticed, and, uh, have you noticed an adjustment in the pricing that's coming? I mean, because I think you you had told me that the data uh, in general supports sports uh, that, you know, the expected goals are down, correct?
2: So that is related to the home field vantage uh, which is something uh, kind of a separate topic, but I guess it's it's relevant. Uh, so, Andy, I think that you have the German name for it—some kind of Spiel. Um, oh, the Ghost Games.
0: Scheißenfichter. I don't think that's <laughs>
2: it. I don't think that's it at all.
0: Zeitgeist. <laughs> Schadenfreude. I forget what You'd said you'd said it, and I'd just give you the okay on it. Well, I mean, that was the next kind of my next thing was, you know, we've been over this and I went over this with, you know, getting outside of soccer. I went over this with a bunch of different people. I've talked to probably 10 people about home field advantage in different sports and what, what percentage of it is the fans. And pretty much everybody has said, it's not a big part like a, in maybe a dome city in the NFL or you know if it is like an, an indoor stadium it's a little bigger but said a big part of home field advantage in a lot of sports is just the travel the losing some time for travel because you you don't you probably get less practice time because you are moving around and then having to play and live, not live, but stay in an unfamiliar place rather than being at home and being in your home stadium. I said it's a much bigger portion of that. So it, it kind of had my head head spinning on, you know, how are we going to attack some of this with, the, you know, the lack of fans? It looks like we're going to be dealing with this with a bunch of sports. And, you know, I think about that, and I think about the differences in, you know, if you want to say home field advantage is predicated mostly on the fact that you're traveling and losing time for travel and being somewhere unfamiliar, when the Giants have to go out to Seattle and travel across four time zones, that's one thing. When Tottenham goes across the street to like Crystal Palace, that's, you know. Like, there's like what four, four or five teams in London. There's a, you know a handful up in the Merseyside area. You know, the, the travel, and obviously there's, you know, there's a bit of travel. If you have to go from the north or south or, you know, Germany, you, you know you can go across the whole country. But still, it's nothing like American or yeah, North nothing American. Even team, close. Nothing even close to that. You know, I, I, I'd have to look at, like, what the biggest travel spot is. I would think it's maybe something in the, probably Italy, from going from up north to way down south. But as far as it goes, you know, the travel is much less, drastic in these smaller, you know, small European countries like this. So I guess have, have you given that any thought as far as home field advantage being different without some of the fans?
2: Yeah. So I, I talked to a couple people uh, about this, you know, both before and then I guess kind of during the restart and there's been some studies and by the way, the term is Geisterspiel. Uh, I H stands for ghost games. So that's ghost games in in German. I'm surprised that you didn't know that, Andy. Um, I was pretty close. (laughs) Yeah. I said Zeitgeist. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there is some stat that I saw that the pre-lockdown rate of something like 1.7 five so a goal in, a, in three quarters of a goal per game is now down to 1.28 so that's a 50 bit difference for home team expected goals being scored wow okay which is pretty substantial um both when you're looking at it from totals but also i guess from the from the side's perspective or team totals um i didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal you know you read some interviews with the players afterwards I was convinced that you know they play in in South America they have they have games that are closed all the time and that's just because they don't want anybody to get killed like it, it's, not un- that? it's not it's not uncommon so I mean I don't know obviously it is a material difference uh, I don't know if it's just the player it's tough to say right because you know, you are putting two teams in a box essentially that haven't played soccer for several months together. And then you're also adding on this layer of, of an empty stadium. So, you know, there's a number of factors that could contribute to that that goal total being being down. Um, and I think it really depends on where you're going. Like Andy said, I mean, if you're traveling, the distance is one thing, but and you have like the yellow wall at Dortmund. Which is much different than you know, I, bopping over to Düsseldorf and you know dealing with the home home fans there. So uh, it's really tough to say. I'd say that it's probably having an impact to some degree, but um, you know, you follow the names, the uh, you know, the teams that are supposed to be winning games are are still are still winning. Um, I don't want to I don't want to write it off completely, but it's hard to say exactly what's whether it's the the home field advantage or the fact that they're just they haven't been playing soccer
1: for several months. Mm. Yeah. So have you noticed anything in the way they're pricing these games that indicates either a change in the point of view of the lines makers or the market in general on these either totals or sets?
2: Um I mean I think some of it has to do with American sports, not being being live team sports, haven't really restarted in, in, in the U.S. So I think you're starting to see a lot of lines that are at least public friendly, uh, especially as it relates to team totals. And you know, you might see an extra twenty cents here and there when you, you normally wouldn't. And I think that might be just because people. You know, there's people in our in, in the tennis chat who literally just bet tennis, and all of a sudden, you know, you know, you see a tweet. I need I need lipstick to score. And it's like the 86th minute, and I think it's good. It's definitely good exposure, but like, I think that there is a, a little bit of influx for from people who don't normally pay attention at all um, to all of a sudden, you know, having some light opinions about about sports, maybe doing some small. Handicapping on their own or, or following somebody else, um, but you know, you start to see a little bit more public money coming in, and and you know, we have talked about this before, Andy, uh, how efficient European soccer markets are. Um, so, you know, it, it it hasn't been like a huge difference, but you you notice a half goal here and maybe twenty cents on 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 a favorite. Mm. That should that's a little bit yeah. off.
0: And yeah, you brought up a good point about it's not like. I mean, try to think. I mean, whale, anybody. Think of a, uh, a MLB, NBA, NFL game. You, think back to one without fans for any reason whatsoever. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I can think of
1: one. There's a couple of baseball games that were like replayed in a yeah, weird I think, way.
0: I think, yeah, you had like a, a weird situation like that, but and like. This was maybe two, two maybe three years ago, and I'm gonna butcher the word here, but it's in South America, Copa Libertadores. I can't say it right. But it's libertadores. Libertadores. I don't know. But anyway, it's 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 like all the club teams from all the countries in South America play a big tournament, and to see who the best club team is, it's just like we, what we would had for Europe in Euro 2020. And they legitimately so it was what um, one was from were they both from Argentina? I'm trying to think. Either way, it was a couple of club teams, River and Boca. They had Boca, to have, yeah. they had to have the final in Spain. They had it in Madrid, across the ocean, in a different continent. <laughs> because, like, you you want to talk about like, oh, the man, the black hole, the dog pound, some of the the Raiders. You know, some of these fans are just nuts, dude. The, the absolute pussies compared to South American soccer fans. Those people will literally, I mean try to physically injure the players from the other team. The fan, I mean, that's what happens. Fans turned violent. They were like pelting the buses with rocks and shit. They had to have, they had to have the final on a different continent because of that. So <laughs> shit happens all the time. Soccer fans, y'all yo, you just wild and, like I had to go look that one up. That one, that one really made me laugh when that came out. Like man, and then they showed videos of them, like trying to wreck the bus. I'm like, yeah, maybe they shouldn't. Like
1: that, <laughs> that was a good call by no. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Maybe those players don't want to die.
1: Yeah. Um, so the any other kind of obvious lessons from Bundesliga that we can carry into EPL that we can carry into Syria. Uh, is anything that you've seen in La Liga that has kind of echoed some of your thoughts on uh,
2: the restart? Um, I I think we touched on most of it. Uh, I would say, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, you bring up the Man City's, Liverpool's, and the fact that a lot of just the timing of, of the restart and the way that the tables were kind of already structured before soccer went away uh, and they weren't able to play. You know, a lot of these leagues are kind of buttoned up at the top. I think sure. uh, draw your high, ten- draw your attention to the bottom of the table. There's a lot of relegation battles that are, are fantastic. And if you're looking for an angle as far as motivation goes, um, that's probably the best place to start. You know, you can look at a, a perfect example is the Dortmund, you know, I forget, you know, they were just a huge favorite and they almost drew zero, zero. Uh, meanwhile, you know, if you look at the bottom yeah, Dusseldorf of the table,
1: was playing their asses off. They really played a really good game. Yeah. I thought they should have, they should have gotten
2: the goal there too. in like the last 10 minutes of that one. So, you know, there's a lot of tight relegation ta- like the bottom of the table of a lot of these leagues is super tight. Um, and that's just something to be aware of, especially as, you know, I think we usually have like nine games left or something. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be back, but not for a while. It, it's going to be, you know, nine, ten games for the most part in a lot of these leagues, depending on when they restart. And, you know, a lot of the motivation is going to come from the bottom or the middle of the table. And I guess you did kind of point that out with respect to Arsenal, but I just—they're just such a shitty team. <laughs> How about the fact that uh,
1: teams like uh, Man City, teams like Liverpool, like they're not playing Champions League, like their schedules are relaxed compared to what it would be sure. coming down the home stretch, right? Like, any is, 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 do you think that will be built into the prices? Is that something that you saw? Uh, pretty commonly built into pricing uh, of EPL match play when teams were coming off of major tilts in the uh, champions league circuit.
2: Um, I don't know. I think it depends on the team and how they're, you know, it, it, it's always a toss up, right? Because it's pretty rare for you to, to win a cup and then also win the league. So you kind of have a decent idea of what the coach is thinking when they're going, like before lineups even come out, and we can talk about that separately. But you have an idea of what their focus is going to be. And now, obviously, I mean, again, most of these major leagues are more or less buttoned up, uh, so it's kind of a moot point, anyways. But without Champions League, you know, there's not. There's no motivation for the coach to kind of rest players, rest their star players for for some of the bigger matches outside of of cup play or sorry outside of league play. So um, you know it's kind of a. I don't want to say you can write it off, but because you have five subs now, that kind of changes that whole angle as well. But you won't yeah. see you know Mane or. Sala getting rested against Norwich, I don't think, uh, because they have a big, a big Champions League match coming up in the next three days. So there is an sense. angle to that, but so
0: P- pool was out anyway.
1: <laughs> pool got popped th- from C- C- from UCL.
0: I thought I thought At- Atletico beat him. I I was. Pretty sure, like right, at, right at the end of, uh, right when we were shutting down, didn't they lose at home to Atletico?
1: They were leaking. Oh, I remember that.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go check. Yeah, they were, they were down. I think they lost the first leg and they went home. I think we probably just pounded some overs there, hoping for a bunch of goals. I'll Have to go have look. I want to say England was doing pretty shitty in Champions League. Maybe it's a good thing they can that same some face because Tottenham, I want to say Tottenham, got the shit kicked out of them too. Yeah. yeah Madrid did we, we eliminate Liverpool.
1: That. Yeah.
0: So, oh, that, that's interesting too. I mean, you don't have that, but at the same time, the whole schedule, I mean, that that's the biggest thing that I don't think I'm going to be able to place any, I don't know, place any waiting on. It's just the, the fact that this should have been done, you know, a month ago, the league completed, you know, uh, over a month ago. And, or right around – it's usually May, isn't it? I'm trying to think now, but – Yeah, I mean, the league, usually it's like
1: right around Memorial Day.
0: The league should be done. They should be on international break. You know, the good players or players who are good for their country should be playing in some Euro. You know, the South American players should be taking some breaks or playing whatever they do down there, and then, you know, we get back to the season, whereas now we're going to be playing some of these leagues into deep into the summer – and I think it's going to be weird when we do have to restart the 2021 season. So I, I don't know if I can wrap my head around there. And then also just the fact that we should be having a transfer window, players are on loan for, you know, when you when you loan out a player to a different team, you're kind of expecting it to be a certain time frame because seasons, you know, when you start a season, you have a, a beginning and an ending date. And since the beginning of time, those have usually been pretty accurate. Maybe, uh, I want to say probably the bombing of London screwed up the EPL at some point, maybe back in the 40s. But uh, it's, it's a fair bet. It's a fair bet. But, you know, for the most part, you know, these teams kind of knew what they were getting into when they signed players, they loan players, they have players who are looking to maybe move in the summer. And then now we've got this weirdness with, playing into the summer. And then also there's going to be leagues that don't even play. So if you loaned a player out to like a, a Dutch team or something and it'll, just what's going to happen there. So I think there's a lot of weirdness there. And I don't know Pete, you had kind of a nice cheat sheet you sent me and I didn't, I didn't uh, save the link, but it's still in the DMS about just what all these teams and all the dates are going to be doing with, uh, with the transfer window. I don't know if you kind of want to explain how the transfer window normally works.
2: Sure. So there's typically two two main transfer windows, one preseason and one middle of the season. Uh, the midseason kind of fell right when all of this was, was happening. And it's kind of fun because you get to read all these foreign newspapers that are just putting rumors out. And you, know, you get a little bit more in touch with, I guess, you learn a little bit about the players, learn about what the coaches are looking for, and what the teams are looking for. Um, so that's helpful. but I guess the biggest takeaway is that uh, at least up until recently, the EPL had not given any guidance as to um, when they would be opening their transfer window for the uh, for the end of the, the year. Um, and that's huge. And like you said, you know France, just completely said that they're not going to play. League one's done. League two's done. Uh, Netherlands, I don't know if we're going to see Belgium come back. Um, And it it makes a pretty big impact. Uh, You look at some of these, I I guess, you know, Tottenham has a bunch of players out on loan. Uh, Arsenal is notorious for loaning out players that they shouldn't be. Um, And it's material to the team overall, and it, it impacts their season and how they're going to structure and move forward and even looking forward to next season. Um, and, you know, to Andy's point, you have players that are going to be finishing a season completely, uh, prone to injury, also prone to, you know, coming becoming something great. You know, maybe there's a player who gets a look because – they are Liverpool or something like that, and all of a sudden his price goes way up. And there's going to be a bunch of guys who have been sitting around and they they can't play. So, oh no, think, about the, think about the top players in
0: League One in France like Di Maria, right. Ben Yetter, uh, just like everybody on Lyon, Accardi. Um, yep. uh, I- like, there's a shitload of some of the best players in the world that just not only you know, and, and some of them are European. So not only do they not get to complete their club season, but, uh, they don't get to play. Uh, and I guess I just named a bunch of South American players anyway, and D Maria and a But you know, some of these top players are also European. They don't get to play for their country this year. They're, they're missing a ton of soccer and it's, it's, yeah, it, it's for sure. Like there's no if it's going to hurt their, their value on the open market, whether it's this, maybe not this year, but it's just one less year that they get to, uh, in their prime to show off what they can do and get one of these huge contracts. So it does suck to be in a league that's not going to restart. Mm.
1: Big time. Um, what, uh, Then do we know anything about champions league? That's just a done deal. They're not going to be able to restart that one either. I don't, I don't think so. so. Uh,
2: no. they, they I mean, champ- they retain. So I think it's going to be some kind of modified thing. The last thing I saw is that they're going to have, I think it's something in Lisbon, either September or August. Uh, I don't know if this is concrete or not, but, uh, you know, there's still a bunch of, I think, I'm not sure where it left off. I'm pretty sure that there's still a bunch of uh, round of 16, like second leg matches that have to get played. Yeah, they uh, were, I don't halfway, know how that they were halfway through it. They are halfway through,
1: right? Yeah. yeah. There yeah. Are four teams have advanced, four have been eliminated, and the other, uh, the other half of the um, round of 16 still hasn't been decided yet.
2: Yeah, so last I saw, it, that was all going to be played at like a neutral site in Lisbon, and I don't know what the format looks like. I don't know if they sorted that out, but I think they're going to try and do the same thing with Europa. Um, wow, jeez. And I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and I think that's actually going to be played in Germany the last so I heard.
0: Honestly, oh, the last thing I need in my life is Europa.
2: <laughs> <laughs> One.
0: <laughs> no, problem. God.
2: Totally
1: unrelated question about, but related to the transfer window. Um, is Mbappe going to get moved? Mm. A lot of people saying Probably. he needs to. He needs to leave. He's gonna reach his full potential.
2: I mean, where's he gonna go?
1: Real Madrid. Chicago
2: Fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't know, man. He's playing for the best team in the world. Uh, I think PSG is is up there. I mean, there's a lot of good players. He's getting paid well. Uh, I don't know. There's no place that really jumps out in my mind. I'm sure somebody will put a bid in for him, whether or not he wants to make that jump. It's going to have to be a special team.
0: Hmm. Or Interesting, fifty million, whatever.
1: Yeah, he gets like he gets paid like 17 million right now. It seems like he's going to get a hell of a race. Um, yeah, what uh, what do we think of some of these races, real quick? Uh, Juventus going to be able to hold off Lazio and Syria probably okay how about uh, I, it look, I, looks I, like um, Bayern can clinch this week yeah um, I, that's going yeah. that's going to be a done deal um, Barcelona Real Madrid's pretty close but we're expecting Barcelona yeah. to to put this one on ice next couple weeks
2: yeah i think so Barca came out looking pretty good although Madrid looked alright um, but I just don't see, I mean, there's probably 10 games left and I don't really see Barca losing. I mean, the match against Sevilla will probably be a good one. Um, I'd probably say the Atletico will probably be a good one, but I don't think that there's anything to worry about there. Okay.
0: So yeah, there's. Yeah, there's like. T- it's funny how the, it looks tight, but in the end, it just you kind of feel like Barcelona and Juventus pull it out. Germany's not. England's not really, and then I guess you know that leaves us with the uh, France is never tight lately, so it doesn't matter the fact they're not playing.
2: You want it? There's a pretty decent race in uh, in Turkey, though.
1: Oh gosh, yeah. There's
0: there's a mess of top look
2: Look at the table there. It's just break down,
1: break down the uh break down the su- super League table for me.
0: Oh my god, I'd love Treb Zonspor to take it here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Why are you a Treb Zonspor fan? Is that because the the this, uh you don't have a giant nose, so I don't understand.
0: Yeah, they have the best I don't know, they just have the coolest kits. And and then we bet on them a lot to start out, so but it's weird and honestly, a lot of these matches. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say the name out loud, so a lot of pronunciation is just how I say it in my head anyway. Fenerbache.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Fener. Yeah, i mean, in the middle of the table. That's wild. Tepe is, is an eighth. You know, you have your Basakir, which for that one too. But, you know, and Gala. Those are the big 14. And Bastika's. Those are probably the top five teams in Turkey.
0: The fact that, yeah, and the fact that is third, right is third right now is kind of buck wild. I don't know. Just sure. from, from us following it, it seems like, you know, there are there are the blue bloods in Turkey. And, I mean, go look up, like, the table. Some of these teams, you know, they're not, they don't even have a logo for some of these yeah.
1: teams. Kasimpasa Pasa is the hottest team in the league right now, and they're down 13th. Yeah,
0: it's, it's really anybody's – I mean, there are like four teams right now that could win it, and there's still plenty of matches. Yeah. Like, they, they play a full 36, so there's like nine matches left in Turkey. So, I don't know, they play – I want to – they play seven – there's 17 other teams, so you play 34. There's only seven matches left, so this will be a good race down at the end because you got two teams tied with 56 points and then a couple that are four or five points behind them. So, Turkey should be a good race. That will be probably the only good one.
2: Mm. And actually, just looking at the table here, well, Italy actually might be tighter than I expected.
1: Mm. I mean, Lazio. Lazio's
2: mm-hmm. got an easy road. It's more so Juventus has. There's a lot of games left. I didn't realize how many there were.
0: Yeah, they've only played 26. So they had, uh, what, yeah. 12 left? No mm. one could get fine. I mean,. I hate Italian yeah.
1: soccer. <laughs> Why? What's wrong with Italian soccer? I just don't bet it. Uh, Not very much. Because it's boring? It's I all defense?
0: Yeah, have bad luck. I'll bet the uh, I, Atalanta. Copa. Atalanta. Yeah, Copa Italia.
2: And it, Copa's been fun.
0: Oh, I think it'll be, it'll be fun. Yeah. I'm just glad it's back because it is giving us something to you know, because our mainstay over the summer, well, and there's plenty of people that bet baseball too, which isn't going on. But it's not like we have tennis every day, so this has been this has been really nice to have some of these leagues back. Just to, I mean, even in small fun bets or just something to watch or something to follow, because it's been rough not having anything. So super happy to have some of these leagues back.
1: Mm, okay, let me give you a couple of rapid fire questions that we didn't pray before, Pete. Um, What's your favorite uh, live betting angle for, for soccer? And do you have to be watching the match to get it down, or do you just have criteria where you can watch the scoreboard and bet? Uh,
2: probably a first half over .5 around the 25th minute. And then I look for I, – I love the 1-1 ties right around the 70th minute for a live over 2.5. Ooh. Uh, those are probably I like those that's like I don't know offhand statistically how many times those win, but it's a lot. At least mm. the the tie. Okay. Um, um, have you noticed uh That's any... like a that's like a yeah, that's like a go that's like a go to in any any league. You don't really need to I don't know. You don't need
1: to be so watching it closely. You don't need to know that you have two relatively uh, high high
2: octane offenses on the pitch. Yeah, that's just that's just a, kind of a no brainer. Hunt, and then you typically add a couple times between ninety, you know, seventy and ninety minutes.
0: Yeah, you do tend to go back to the well a lot. <laughs> when it works out, it yeah. works out. And When it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah.
1: You been getting into the prop markets at all for uh, players' shots on goal, uh, goals scored, things like that, and is uh, is there value in attacking some of those relative to uh, the more efficient sides and totals for the full game?
2: Yeah, definitely, um, and that's something that I've kind of been focused on a lot more as of late. Um, I don't really know why. Uh, I started to get more into. Some of the more nuanced stats, player stats in particular, um, as well as team stats, I guess, over over this break period. Uh, there's also been a couple guys who I follow. Tom Love is pretty good. Um, and there's a couple of other follows who I, I, I don't know off the top of my head right now. I'm sorry. Um, I think Mark O'Hare is another one who he plays a lot of tackle props. And there's definitely a lot of value there, uh, depending on who's playing and who they're playing against. Um, for a while there, I was I was on a on a roll. Uh, Snoop's is probably the only one who actually follows any of my plays. <laughs> I've like, been a know, bunch
1: he, of them. He, I thought there were some good ones.
2: He, <laughs> he's uh, he's done quite well. He'll get like the he'll play a first. I'll play an any goal scored, and he'll play first goal scorer, and you know get a way better number than I did, but. Um, there's definitely a lot of value there. It's a little bit more fun and interactive, especially if there's only you know a couple of games on. You can really pay more attention to who's doing what and what's going on within the game. Um, so that's kind of the reason that I shifted over there. I will say that I do need to find probably a better place to get them down. Um, but, you know, it's just another angle that's a little bit more exciting, and typically you get some pretty decent I mean, you could go – it's like an alts market, an unlimited alts market, I guess you could put it that way. How do
0: you not um, mention shots on goal? What's that? How do you not mention players' shots on goal?
2: I think that's your jam. Yeah, that's what I'm talking Oh,
1: okay. I'm that's sure. what I'm talking
2: about. Okay. So, there, you know, you have you can play shots. You can play shots on goal. You can play players to get carded. Uh, you know, there's a bevy of, of player props out there yeah, I've been looking into uh, shots given up, saves, um, and then, you know, average average shots. And especially where you can really find some value, I've noticed, is, you know, the pavards of the world. And granted, you need to be cognizant of who they're playing. But, you know, there's a lot of teams that are just so powerful that their defense is playing up and putting pressure on that you're going to find a lot of value in some of the more defensive at least placed to players uh, to have a shot or a shot on goal. And I think that that's where you can find a lot of value. I like that
1: angle. That's good. Um, have you noticed the data revolution in soccer in general that uh, helps inform handicapping?
2: Yeah. And I think that there's a, a place for it. Um, I think that there's all, there's all, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of different ways to, to handicap, as you guys have highlighted over pretty much all of of your pods, and you know, the data's helpful. I don't personally read too far into it. Um, I look at lineups a lot, and also recent form is another big thing that I take into consideration. Um, But it's been helpful for things like the player props, specifically. Uh, As far as actually handicapping the games, I, I don't really look that that closely
0: on it i think that's, um, that's a good, you know just sports sports wide across you know a number of sports and many many different markets i think once you do get into player props it's way more data driven oh for you sure do, you do have to get way down on a granular level for that stuff that just the people that i know that do player props that do fantasy dfs like they're high you know that that stuff's not highly anecdotal you know they're not looking for narratives that's so data driven
1: absolutely agree. Yeah,
0: that check it checks out if you passed
1: what about um uh andy have you know do you have a sense of uh is there something good new team level wise that uh is gonna take over and be the next X goals
0: not really it's just like there's a bunch of different people doing expected goals and some people are better at it <laughs> like, okay. Uh, so like, so I've, ta- I've talked to people who are like serious about this. They said some of the free expected goal stuff you get is just shit. So he's like, it's yeah. Not, yeah, it's not accurate. Like, you know, and you watch it and to the layman and be like, ah, oh, that's pretty close. But their stuff's just off. Said, you know, there's people that pay money for good expected goal information, and he says like, you know, that stuff's just way more accurate. So I, I think there's something to be. There's probably something to be said there. Like. If, if somebody's selling information and there are people who are betting soccer at a high level buying it uh, it's probably better than the free stuff
1: you remember that story from the NHL at the beginning of the season right where they basically like uh, the um, everybody who was using an expected goal model for totals was totally uh, caught off you know caught, caught uh, unaware that the NHL changed their parameters for defining certain shots. And so all of the incoming data that was being fed into expected goal models was off by like a reasonably sized amount. And so basically it was like everyone was betting every under and it was all because the X goals were, uh, were redefined and no one knew. (laughs) Did you ever hear that story?
0: I don't follow hockey close enough, but that sounds like something that happened. (laughs) Maybe.
1: (laughs) <laughs> um, okay. Uh, damn, I have a more. I, I got off topic there. I had a couple more rapid fire questions for Pete. Um, none of those were very
0: rapid fire. Pete talks no stuff.
1: No, they're, they're, no. But uh, yeah, the um, I guess uh, uh, any input? Any, if I'm gonna be buckling down and uh, betting serious money on Euro twenty twenty one now, uh, any major takeaways from any of this? Um, whole experience that I can use to get a jumpstart on my 2021 Pro for Euro?
2: Um, Not really. I think just be cognizant of who's playing, who's getting the experience. And then I think what's really, I think that there's going to be a pretty big rush and scramble uh, whenever this next transfer window opens up. And I think that's going to make things very interesting. Mm. So I think I wouldn't read too far into it. Um, there's not a lot of, of takeaway right now. That's all I got.
0: <laughs> I like
1: it. <laughs> you got any? Uh, you're a tennis friend, tennis fan. You're in the tennis chat with us. Uh, you got a prediction for uh, what goes down with this U.S. Open in New York, if it happens? Who's, who's, who's going to win? Yeah. Dude, number one, uh, do you think it's going to happen? And number two.
2: Uh, who should we be looking for? It's I ha- probably yeah, it's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to look like, and I can tell you who's not going to win. <laughs> who's that? I can, tell you two, I can tell you two people who aren't going to win. Federer for sure. One, Novak <laughs> is he's not he's going to play. Yeah, because I don't think of why. play. He came out and he came out and he's been he's been bad mouthing the U.S. Open this whole time. Oh. Have you not been following this? Andy, am I wrong?
1: <clears throat> not wrong. Not you wrong. You think that do you think he's gonna miss out on an opportunity to pick up an easy major with Federer not even in the field? Because he's mad at the US Open organizers? I that seems
2: nuts. So, That's nuts. I mean, this is also the guy who complained about not getting center court for like a round of sixteen match at Wimbledon. So I yeah, I he also yeah. No Jokovic, I don't
1: think huh? he's gonna play. Wow!
2: And the other player, I know, I'm sure that was—I don't know if Jay was or Ethan, whatever his name is—but uh, Alexander Zverev will not be. Will, yeah. will not be winning.
1: Sasha Severov is, uh, but you know, if he's there and Djokovic is out, why not? fair, but I don't think it's happening. Interesting. For sure, Fedder's out. He's uh, he had surgery, right?
0: Yeah, he had a little setback. Yeah, it's gonna be weird. Fed had a setback. You're having some of these, you know, who knows what the status is gonna be of some of the internationals, Jokers, and anti vaxxer It's it's gonna get weird. I'm excited for tennis though to actually happen. So, uh,
2: I yeah, I'll give you. I'll a pick. I think Dominic team is just, Dominic team's probably a pretty good. That's a good pick. What's a good number it's for him, you place.
1: think? Anything better than 10-on-one? Like,
2: ooh, I would think, yeah. He's going mean, to be higher than that, that. That's great. Yeah. Do you think he's going to be higher than that? You think so? I thought he'd be lower. I was thinking yeah, more would, like...
1: It, so, it, it, it'll depend on, on the, the field. field.
2: Like, I've got to look it up. doing yeah, yeah, right now?
0: Dependent. Like you know if you you if you are missing some of the big 3 obviously his odds are going to drop but I think if you look now before, while there's still some uncertainty and who knows if if I'm some of these books I'm not sure I keep some of these lines up but yeah uh, right I, like bookmaker only has French open up right now
1: Djokovic uh if he makes up about 50% of the implied win probability is my guess he's probably about even so if he really does sit out you can spray the board
2: and uh, and get some good numbers right now. I don't know. I don't I don't know. know. And I don't know. and what's what's the deal with uh, anybody have what's any insight on Del Porto's health status?
0: Always, I, hurt.
1: Always hurt. I think he's a long shot that he ever plays again. Personally. Really? Not that I'm not that I want that. I desperately would love to see him play again, but uh,
2: I think it's a long shot. And Kando Is also injured, right? Yeah.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, and the books who do have numbers up, they're just putting a ridiculous hold to things. Oh really? Like Bavada has, and not U.S. Open, but just you know this, and this is way way out here. We're you know we're talking next year, but there's Australian Open numbers up, and I mean the the numbers are laughable.
1: Uh, Um,
0: you've got, I mean, what what's what's the implied probability of plus six hundred?
1: Uh one over seven.
0: Fourteen percent. So you've got four guys at six hundred. So those guys are taking up fifty seven percent of the market, and then jokers at plus one ten. So between they got Nadal Federer team and Medvedev at six six to one. That's fifty seven percent, and then jokers (laughs) at plus one ten. So you're talking, you know, forty eight Yeah. yeah. So you're already at 100. You're already uh, yeah. Before you get to the sixth player, so, so the whole yeah, don't bet, don't bet these tennis
1: features, please. <laughs> bet online has uh, women's US Open up and not men's. Interestingly enough,
0: Nevada yeah, Bo- has everything, but they have next year's Wimbledon up. Mm. And again, the whole percentages are just ridiculous. Please don't bet into this right now.
2: I think that the only people that are probably looking at those, except for you, is Bo.
1: Yeah. Well, he's.
2: Got his eye on the the weird market corners
1: of the market all the time, which is great. I love yeah. it. Um, okay. Any uh, any final bold predictions for thoughts? us about the uh, the rest
2: of European club soccer? Uh, Liverpool probably going to win out oh, and
1: set the all time record for points. Probably.
2: Yeah. And I mean. I guess if anybody wants a good future, yeah, they could they could score
0: 109 points, which is a lot. hundred hundred is wild. If they do win out, what nine more matches? Three, yeah, twenty seven plus eighty two. Hundred nine is their ceiling.
2: Um, talk me. Uh, I guess it. Yeah. It, one feature, I uh, I don't know what price you can get on Galaastri to win Super League, but that okay. I'm looking right now. That's a, that's a better.
0: That one. Be something that's up in American books. If you have Bet Three Six Five or One X Bet or Marathon, what can yeah, I do there? Andy? I doubt we're going to find that. We might have to. We might have to.
1: Shit! Call- yeah, I can't find it. Fuck. That was a good one. I like that because uh, you guys got me fired up for uh, for Super League. Super League. Double, double. Yeah, I can't get it down. Damn it!
0: Seeing in some of these divided by other European leagues and then Asia, and you know which one should I look under?
1: Yeah, that's a good question.
0: The hottest game, hottest game on two continents. God damn it! I can't find it at Bavada. I'm not going to find it anywhere. So, all right, soccer.
1: Yeah. All right, soccer. Good luck. Okay. Um, hey man, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, appreciate all your thoughts on this. And um, you know, I think uh, you know hope hope, hope to uh, uh, to get more into this as we come down the stretch here. Keep up your great success in the player prop market. Appreciate uh, all of those solid tips and
2: uh, live betting stuff as well. Of course. Thanks for having me on again, guys. It's always a pleasure.
0: Hey, good luck. Don't lose it all on shots on goals, and yeah,
2: we will talk for Euro next year.
1: That's right. Do you think they're actually going to play the World Cup in uh, in Qatar? Cutter.
0: God, I hope not. Well, that place is a probably of, oh, it's just the human right. Finally, I mean, yeah, just building the stadiums is enough that they shouldn't.
2: I mean that's
0: already happened though. I know, but like people should like, we should be like <laughs> broke out in countries like this. Like oh we can't uh, I know, but the the, the thing, they have so much money, so they'll win. Such is life. we'll see. I think it I think it goes well. Yeah, it, it likely does. It just shouldn't.
1: Um who's uh who's the uh who's the early look in the twenty twenty two people woke up?
0: just going to say France.
1: France to repeat. Six and a half to one. I don't know about this.
2: I don't know about that. too, re- too early for this. I'd probably go Germany. And Plus 750. That yeah, that's a good bet. And what's Belgium price out? 12 to one. That's also a good bet. I take it. I like both those teams. They both have strong coaches. Uh, there's been a couple of players that have, you know, that are going to get swapped in that I think kind of got left behind uh, for the World Cup, particularly in Germany, just because they have such a deep bench um, that are going to make a difference. I think that's a good, that's a pretty good number for yeah.
1: USA actually, gonna, USA actually going to USA actually
2: going to qualify? <laughs> no. no, doesn't absolutely matter. Absolutely not
1: well maybe we'll steal, steal it from Cutter and, uh, and put ourselves in as hosts. it's not out of the realm of possibility That's um,
0: cool. That's what we need to have it here so we can get, get in for free
1: I think supposedly yeah, it exactly. is in 2026 right it's, yeah. the finals going to be at the Yeah. Yep. Um, alright well, well that will be fun
2: we're in but, but it's not played half of, half of it's going to be played in Canada right Yep. So yeah, they get in, the they get in automatically
0: it. too and they're bad <laughs> their yeah. women's teams okay but yeah they're, they're gonna get smoked worse than us so good it won't be the worst team
1: <laughs> alright you guys have a great week enjoy all the return of sports and uh, Andy we'll talk a little, uh, little NFL a little more NFL on Friday that sound fun
0: I think so I think that'll be good excellent
1: cannot wait uh, enjoy the return of EPL enjoy the return of club soccer across Europe and uh, we will talk again Wednesday
2: Right.